right, welcome back into the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Happy Lent, everybody, for 2022. I, I don't know about you, but I think it snuck up on us this year, did it not? I mean, wow, that came up so quickly. February just went by so fast, and it's something I had to remind myself of, like, holy cow, uh, you know, Fat Tuesday is coming for our Catholic brothers and sisters, and I'm like, well, that must mean, you know, Ash Wednesday is this next week, is what I was thinking you know, before this past Sunday and everything else. So as you're listening to this today, it's the first day of Lent. And Ash Wednesday, some some things that we think about every year, we, we ask ourselves like, hey, what are you going to give up? What are you going to add to your life maybe? What are you going to replace? And there's a lot of turmoil going on in the world right now. Uh, there's a lot of talk in a lot of evangelical circles about you know, the end times and everything, which I again, theologically, would agree that we are in the end times only for the sake that ever since Jesus resurrected, the next event in the ecclesiastical and uh, eschatological um, you know, unfolding of time in the church and the return of the, uh, of the bridegroom is Jesus coming back. So, of course, we've been in the end times, but we've been in the end times for 2,000 years now. So that, that's just my take. Um, it is a way of maybe seeing the the middle ground there of saying, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of bad stuff happening and there's a lot of bad stuff that's always happened. Um, and we being the modern day version of Rome, but like, you know, a hundredfold with our wealth and power here in the United States and influence, it's, it, it can be scary to have that type of influence and power, especially when some of that's threatened. And we're seeing a lot of stuff on the global scale that can, uh, make ourselves just pause if for but a moment, um, considering that two years ago um, that this pandemic started and a lot of our lives were turned upside down in comparison to what we were used to. Uh, For a lot of us and my family included for a long time, up until October of 2021, we're very insulated from a lot of those things. Um, and that was certainly because of God's will and God's blessing. And then we got hit with with COVID, and then that was it was a struggle. It really was. And then our lives pretty much, in a way, went back to normal. And there's a lot of families that have not experienced that, you know, of course, uh, because of loss and, and death and everything. And then there are people who have, besides a pandemic, right, have experienced turmoil and suffering throughout their entire lives because of where they live and how they live. And yet you see Christians in all of these contexts still remaining faithful to to that that primary calling. And, you know, this is just something that, you know, I've been thinking about that at least this year, United States citizens and those who are Christians who are going to be observing Lent and going to put ashes on their foreheads on the same day that you're listening to this, at least the premiere of this episode, that I'm wondering, and this is a cliche because everyone wants to reinvent the wheel. If we don't need to reinvent the wheel, we just need to pray about our circumstances, pray where God's leading us, and do the following. And and one of the... um, one of the passages that I, I just got done preaching on was Joel. We're actually going through the minor prophets and going through every one of them saying, you know, from a broad overview, what do, why are these prophets in the Bible? Why are these books in the Bible? And they're not really preached on a whole lot, right? They're maybe used every now and then. And 
my last year's Ash Wednesday service, and this year I, I read from Joel, and I want to read from that um, right now. And this is from Joel chapter 1 uh, through a few verses in Joel chapter 2. So Joel existing you know, in a time where the, the word of the Lord comes to him, and the first part of Joel is all about what has happened. It's devastation upon the land. Devastation, devastation. And then what does he call the people to do? Verse 14, he says, Consecrate a fast. Proclaim a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord, Alas, for the day, for the day of the Lord is near, and it will come as destruction from the Almighty. Hasn't that food been cut off before our eyes? Gladness and joy from the house of our God? The seeds that shrivel under their clods are, are dirt, just um, piles of, of clay and mud. The storehouses are desolate. The barns are torn down for the grain is dried up. How the beasts groan. The herds of cattle wander aimlessly because there's no pasture for them. Even the flocks of sheep suffer. To you, O Lord, I cry, for fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness, and the flame has burned up all the trees of the field. Even the beasts of the field pant for you, for the water brooks are dried up, and the fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness." Well, that's how Joel chapter 1 ends. Isn't that great? Well, this is Joel chapter 2 now. It says, Blow a trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. Surely it is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. As the dawn is spread over the mountains, so there is a great and mighty people. There has never been anything like it, nor will there be again after it to the years of many generations. A fire consumes before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them, but a desolate wilderness behind them. And nothing at all escapes them. These are the people, these these wonderful people that, uh, that we're talking about. So there is a great and mighty people. Who are these people? What do they do? With a noise of as of chariots, they leap on tops of mountains, like the crackling of a flame of fire consuming the stubble, like a mighty people arranged for battle. Before them, the people are in anguish. All faces turn pale. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like soldiers, and they, and they each march in line, nor do they deviate from their paths. They do not crowd each other. They march everyone in his path. When they burst through the defenses, they do not break ranks. They rush in on the city, they run on the wall, they climb into the houses, they enter through the windows like a thief. Before them, the earth quakes, the heavens tremble, the sun and the moon grow dark, and the stars lose their brightness. The Lord utters his voice before his army. Surely his camp is very great, for strong is he who carries out his word. The day of the Lord is indeed great and very awesome, and who can endure it? Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, and with fasting, weeping, and mourning, and rend your heart and not your garments. Now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, and relenting of evil. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, even a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God? Blow a trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, proclaim a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the nursing infants, let the bridegroom come out of his room and the bride out of her bridal chamber. Let the priests, the Lord's ministers, weep before between the porch and the altar, excuse me, and let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your inheritance a reproach and byword among the nations. Why should they among the people say, where is their God? Then the Lord will be zealous for his land and, and will have pity on his people. Hmm. So devastation, yeah, a lot of stuff. And it's easy, it's easy to say, well, hey, wait a minute. Like, that's just us. Again, you know, protagonizing your way into the scripture. But what we say, what we say all the time is a platitude, there's nothing new under the sun. Well, the reason why is because God 
never changes, and the human heart never changes because by default we're sinful. God can change the human condition away from our original sin, but there's nothing new. It's not like people are born and they're just perfect, and it's not like God has changed his mind and saying, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna deal differently with when I when it comes to sin and blessings. I'm gonna forget all that whole uh, inheritance here on earth. I'm just gonna give everyone everyone a crown here here on earth, and everyone will be rich and famous who is a Christian. And that that doesn't change. God has not changed the way humans believe in God and the way that we perceive God. Certainly has changed for good and for bad, but. The way we we look at and how we interpret these things that something bad has happened, people have disobeyed, right? Again, it's the theory. Then God has allowed them to experience the consequences of their behavior, whether through foreign occupation or their own destruction. And then God does so much. He is so merciful. He is so willing to gather his people back if they're willing to listen to him, turn their ear, turn their eyes, and stay fixated upon him. He is so willing to work with us, so to speak. He's so willing to forgive us and bless us. And the time of Lent is a time for that. And so what I'm going to do this year, I'm going to fast, but but do different. I'm not going to try to do the 40-day thing that some people have tried to do. Uh, I know that there are some people who only have done broth and water. Uh, that's, that's all they do, and, and it's absolutely insane. Because they're at an age that most people would say, well, wouldn't that kill you? <laughs> well, they consult their doctor, but they also have faith. I, I've, I've witnessed that too. So what I would encourage people to do, what I'm going to encourage my congregation to do by the time you're listening to this, is to fast from something, but specifically food. Something food-wise, get rid of it, but not like chocolate, but like either go on a Daniel, a Daniel fast, or I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like for everyone, but wouldn't it be amazing if we could do something together as a community? Something, a community, we do it together. We don't do it in isolation. Like if everyone gave up chocolate, that might have a little bit more weight, right? Um, if everyone gave up the same thing, but you can do it communally, that's the thing. And it's the problem is that you have, you have people who are so so much pull in different directions that there's no unity. It's just done in isolation. And like that's not what the gospel is. It's not done in isolation. It's done in community, and it's led by the priests. They're the ones who lead in that. So why don't, we, why don't we think about it, huh? Why don't we think about it? I mean, we don't even talk about fasting, right? We don't even do that. Just some things I've been thinking about. I don't want to leave. I don't want to over overstay my steps here. But this this is just this is just something that's been on my mind. Something I've not only been passionate about, but just where God's leading my little church is that we need to have some more skin in the game. But it's got to come from the top. Leadership has to lead by example. So, whether you're a parent grandparent, or just a, I mean, I'll say a regular congregate, you have influence over somebody. Who, who are you leading? Who are you discipling? Who do you have influence over? Whether you're coworkers, friends, it's an opportunity to do something different and then tell them why I'm doing it. It's because that's what the Bible tells us to do. Not just times of strife. But look at our example of Christ and what he did. 
fasted for 40 days, 40 nights before he went into ministry, before his calling. He was led out in the desert to be tempted, and he fasted. So it wasn't an easy time. It's like we're going to grow closer to God, but it's like it's not going to necessarily be easy. Otherwise, everyone would do it. With the risk of repeating myself and ranting too much, I hope this gives you a little bit of thought because want is here. What are we focused on? What are we fixated on? Anyway, just some thoughts. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Appreciate your time. May God bless you. May God keep you.